0: Hey, everyone. Frank and I just got done recording an episode about us talking about our preparations for some upcoming matches this weekend. I'm going to be competing at the tactical games, and Frank's going to be uh, competing at Area 8. But I wanted to take this time for us to announce the official schedule for the Marine Corps marksmanship competitions for the Competition in Arms program. So we're going to be starting out with the National Capital Region here at Quantico uh, from October 23rd to 4 November. And then going into Okinawa, it's going to be December 5th to the 16th, taking a short break for the holidays. And then we're going to jump right into Pacific, which is out in uh, Hawaii, which is going to be January 23rd to February 3rd. After that, we're heading out to Camp Pendleton for McMick West, which is going to be 13 February to 24 February. And then we're going to finish it off with East from 6 March to 17 March. After that, it's going to be Marine Corps Championships from 28 March to 7 April. So uh, I hope all of you are able to attend. Um, I think you're going to have a really good time out there. Uh, there's been some talks about minimizing bullseye period from the matches. So you can expect an action-packed match uh, where you're not just getting uh match time you know on the clock but you're getting some really good critical training that's going to help develop your skills from the marine corps shooting team uh frank i gotta ask you you know obviously i'm probably not going to be competing at all since i'll be you know hopefully in a new job uh but are you planning on competing at ncr this year
1: if my schedule works out, I got classes on Mondays and Tuesdays, so it'd be me working with the team to see if uh, they can work around that schedule. But yes, I would love to come out and compete. The Mix are a great time. Uh, quick note for you listeners, like, you know, the schedule right now, start selling these things to your commands, get with your OICs and your staff and CYCs, tell them the benefits of attending, getting your calls, getting good training um, and Yes. Start selling that. And, um, also pull out, pull your weapons out of the armory, get in good with those guys, get in good with the S4 and the armors and start dry firing.
0: And I got to add something to this. Um, so from a recruiting aspect from the teams, like this is one of our major recruiting sources for, so for those of you who constantly, message the teams are like i want to be a part of the team i want to be a part of the team and then we ask you do you have any competitive shooting experience and you're like no you know typically the answer is going to be no just because we 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 have nothing to go off of we are the marine corps shooting team like we shoot guns like we compete in competitions with guns we don't just do square bay training like i by you telling me I just train in a square bay and everything, that doesn't tell me anything. I need to see some kind of data-driven results. That's the important factor. So by you coming out there and putting everything on the line and competing at one of these events, um, you can almost guarantee yourself a way onto the team if you perform. But you have to perform
1: yeah two two things of note if you go to a uspsa or three gun match even if you get your shit pushed in you're still like you're still ahead of the curve because everyone that most of the folks that show up to the make that's going to be their first exposure to competitive shooting you already got to look at it and you already have some identified some things that you need to work on and second you don't necessarily need to show up and metal you just have to show that you're a good character that you have a good work ethic um i watched sam nelson plug two no shoots at 2021 mc east and he did not medal but he is on the team now by virtue of how much work he put in dry firing his consistent match records and he's running social media he he basically set up all the training on bay one on saturday I, I fell in with his training plan. So, that is what is more important than it, it still helps to meddle. It will catch it'll, it'll catch the team's attention, uh, but those things are important too. I
0: you know I I got to throw something else out there uh, just because it, it it came up in conversation with a uh, you know a couple people this week and it's kind of been ongoing um, over my time on the team uh, and this is kind of geared toward uh, a lot of the senior enlisted guys who who want to come out to the team um the team is not some place to kind of just come and retire at uh it is not that twilight tour that you nest you know it it is not fair for it to be a twilight tour some people say oh well you're retiring from the team and but the thing is, is i one i did not intend on retiring out of the team two I put in a lot of work in building that program to where it is now. And it just wasn't me who built it up. It was everybody on the team. Um, But we have gotten requests for people to come to the team. And they're like, oh, well, I want this to be my Twilight Tour. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not the way to come to the team. And that's not the mindset to have. You can't just do it so you can boost your own shooting career or your prospects for a future career. You have to put in the work because when you come in with the expectation of it being a twilight tour, that just tells me that you just want to shoot and you don't want to put the work in. So come with the expectation that you're going to be putting in the work to make the place better.
1: Uh, I would add the same thing for the officer side. I wanted to come to the team for, so I understood that I would be coming because I understand competitive shooting and uh, I'd be serving the Marines. Um, you if you come to the team you're in charge of marines that legitimately want to be there that were hand selected to be there and that are trying to push the boundaries of competitive marksmanship as far as they can possibly go within the three years that they are they are there so the last thing they need is a staff and ceo is just looking at retirement or for him or herself um or or for an officer looking for the same lens yeah so um I know it's kind of
0: different, something that we haven't really gotten in depth with, but it just kind of something I felt compelled to say. Um, but we really hope you do enjoy this episode. Uh, it's going to be a good it's going to be a good weekend for the both of us. Um, I'm really looking to see how the results turn out for both you, Frank, and for myself. Um, hopefully I can walk on Monday. <laughs> uh but no, we really hope you can you, you enjoy this and let us know what you think. Yep. Thanks. Give me a nod when yeah, you're I'm ready. Shooter's like ready. Stand by. <laughs>
1: Everybody, on this episode of Three G IQ, Matt and I are going to talk about some upcoming matches that we are going to be uh, attending. So it's going to be in two parts. The first part of the recording is us talking about um, the the preparations and the planning that go into attending some. So Matt is about to go compete in the Tactical Games Team Event. He's competing with Andy Brown, who's on a previous episode and I'm about to go compete in Area 8 USPS So we will start with Matt and talk about his preparations for the Tackle Games team event. So first question is, how did your experience last year inform your preparations this year, Matt? So based
0: on the style of shooting, I knew it wasn't going to be as, I guess, dynamic as I was hoping it would be last year. But just because it wasn't as dynamic as what I'm used to, um, it didn't – mean it that it wasn't fun so I knew that I didn't have to worry about moving and shooting anything like that it was very fundamental base type shooting um, making your hits count everything is more Virginia count which is you know every bullet counts there's no makeup shots you have to make everything count uh, so it's kind of informed me on that to focus on the accuracy side of things and then you know, preparing for the unexpected, you know, last year, I kind of just went, I didn't really prepare at all. It was just like, Oh, I'm just going to show up. I just want to have fun. And there were times I thought I was going to die, most notably on, uh, on the run, because it was five miles long last year. So, you know, taking that into account, um, you know, the weights, the style of uh, the the style of lifting and the implements that were used really inform me on what I had to purchase myself because I don't like going to a gym. I I, I have everything at the house. Um, so if I can just have everything here and prepare here and not go anywhere, then I'm going to do that. And it's just going to allow me to u- continue using it year after year after year in order to prepare as long as I continue doing these events. Uh, so, that's how it really informed me to really just focus on the stuff that I need to get to my house so I can uh prepare
1: yeah Uh, a couple follow-up questions and one of the benefits of us going through COVID from 2020-2022 is I built up a pretty good home gym and I imagine you have a pretty decent home gym as well Um, what are some of the implements that you felt you wanted more experience on this uh, this time around that you like targeted first in terms of purchases?
0: Um, sandbags. Sandbags is one of the biggest ones. Last year, I didn't practice anything with sandbags and most people are like, oh, sandbags, no big deal. Uh, well, let me tell you, they're using 150 pound sandbags that you're having to pick up and throw over a yoke. Um, if I could buy a yoke, I would, but I'm not going to spend that kind of money on, on that. Um, you know, I can do other things that are going to be just as good. Um, you know, I have the barbell, so, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to do hundred yard lunges with 135 pounds on the bar. That's more than enough than what I'm going to have to use on that yoke. Um, you know, not that you're lunging with a yoke, but you're just doing a much harder exercise. Uh, I I had a sled, uh, bought a sled last year, and so I did a lot of focus on a sled. Thought I was going to die uh, this weekend when I was training because I decided to do a 200-yard uh, sled pull with 140 pounds on the sled going downhill first and then coming back uphill. Did not feel good. Um, let's see. I would say those are those are some of the uh, the implements that I wanted to kind of focus on the most. I didn't want to get like uh one of the what is it the farmer carry bars or whatever it was yeah. the ax- the axle bar that yeah. stuff. I didn't necessarily need that. A regular barbell would be sufficient. But it was really just the sandbags.
1: Okay, and the sandbags from my numerous experiences with them, a lot of it's about technique and. Yep different from when you're slick to when you're wearing a plate carrier if you're not careful you may like you may you may eat your front plate up into your chin that's definitely happened to me before um and in any of your exercises did you did you run with your rifle and pistol or has it just been the plate carrier
0: um so for the most part it's been with just the plate carrier but um in order to prepare like i went to my neighbor's property he has about 130 acres and you know, we can shoot out to 700 yards on his property. So what I did is um, I would go back to his property since there's like real bad, unimproved trails there and just uneven terrain. Um, And I would go run with my plate carrier and pistol belt on. I didn't run with the rifle, um, but I did run at least with the pistol. And then as one of my active recovery workouts, what I would do is I would I would hike for about three and a half hour or three and a half miles with a uh, with a seventy five pounds sandbag on my back um, with the full kit and uh, just going down the road and back and I would try and keep it under an hour.
1: Nice, yeah, it sounds like you've been putting the the work in. When did you start like preparing in earnest for this event?
0: Realistically, about two months ago. Um, as everybody knows already that listens to this. I have been preparing to get out of the Marine Corps. So I've really had to manage my priorities. Um, so while still going to work at the time, um, I wasn't putting a whole lot of attention onto the, like the physicality that I've been training to recently, just because I've, I've had to focus on like getting out of the Marine Corps, looking for a job, stuff like that, you know, and I feel like I'm much better prepared, like getting out of the Marine Corps than I was, you know, prior to starting this. Um, But the past two months, I've dedicated uh, a lot of time to working out once, twice, sometimes three times a day, just in preparation, even if it's like a five, 10 minute workout, I'm still just going out there and getting at it.
1: Yeah, doing something is better than doing nothing. Um, Yeah, I can attest to how busy you've been. I think around the time that I joined this podcast, you were telling me that you wanted to go shoot the Ohio Tactical Games, and then we realized that you had so much stuff going on, and then, you know, you and Andy decided to go shoot this match. So I'm glad that you're finally getting out there. Um, Do you think – how do you feel going into this weekend, uh, just physically?
0: Um, physically I feel ready. Um, I want to get in at least two more workouts, nothing too strenuous, but just something to kind of keep the body moving. Um, so later, later today, which it's, you know, August 24th. So I plan on at least going out for a one mile flak run. Um, you know, one of the things Andy and I discussed as we were talking about our plate carriers and we just felt that they bounced around a lot and we're both using RX plus plates. Um, and they're, they're really thin. So, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take up much room in the plate carrier. So I had foam pads that I got whenever I purchased the the plate carrier. So I just threw them in there. Uh, that way there's more cushion between the plate and my body and it just takes up more space to where the plate carrier doesn't jump around so probably going to go for a mile long run maybe mile and a half we'll see how I feel just to get out there and keep everything going and then I may just go into doing some light lifts uh, with the plate carrier just to kind of feel how it it is with the foam pads in there as well
1: okay yeah great the the gear is definitely we you and i both saw a lot of people's gear fail at mm-hmm. the last team event um play carriers people sling setups like unless you're actually going out there and it's good it's good that you went out there with your battle belt and everything else in the plates and that you're working all that um since you and andy don't live close together there are some events in which you you were gonna have to carry him he's gonna have to carry you uh is that something that you guys are gonna briefly like walk through when you guys get to the event
0: yeah i would say like we kind of got a description of what the events were um but i gotta actually be there on the ground to really envision exactly how it's gonna look uh but with andy and i you know been doing the competition game and you know knowing how to game things knowing how to break things down um and knowing how to to envision it on the ground uh we'll be able to come up with a pretty solid game plan whenever we're there on who's going to carry what and who's going to do what work um but i think we're i think we're going to be around the same relative uh physical state uh, this come this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's great. How, uh, how often do you guys talk? Uh,
0: we message each other every just about every single day. Um, you know, one thing I noticed that I needed to do is to keep myself honest. And the way I would keep myself honest is whatever exercises I was doing that day. As soon as I got done with them, I would send them a text exactly what I did. And we would talk about it, um, whether it was through text or on the phone, like just talking to each other. And he would do the same. Um, it, it's just I found I that's how I kind of kept myself honest, and I started doing that with one of the other guys on the shooting team, Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant um, You know, he's he's a big gym buff too, and so I would just send him different workouts. Like during the CrossFit Games, I went onto the CrossFit Games app. I was like, okay uh, you know, events one through 10, I would take screenshots of them. Like I could do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I would, I would scale them just because I'm, I'm not a fucking elite CrossFit athlete or anything like that. So I would scale them and I would, you know, I would go out and do it. And I would, you know, I would keep track of what I was doing, how I did all that. How, how did I feel during the whole thing? And as time progressed, um, because one of the biggest things I would say was my weakest point, uh, you know, from the start of my training is my engine, you know, I didn't have the endurance that I wanted to. Uh, so I did a lot of focus on building that engine up between just not taking a break between each exercise and just going from exercise to exercise to exercise and same thing with the run you know just increasing those distances doing what i had to do there
1: yeah work capacity is very important during the games um yeah you just want to finish fa- faster than everyone else and it's a good it's a good feeling when you you are the fastest team finishing your heat and you can just watch everyone else uh they're going to be tired for longer and um it's always nice to be the first one done. Um, so when Jared and I prepared, we we did the same thing a lot of the time, but him and I are built differently and we have different strengths. So did you and Andy mostly do a lot of the same workouts or was there understanding between you like Jared knew that I knew I had to work on my endurance on longer runs. Jared knew that he had to uh, do some more work in terms of picking up heavy implements um how would you characterize your guys' strengths and how did you cater the um the preparations to those
0: so i think what we did a lot of so i did a lot of focus on the running like last year i'll be i i think i already said it i about died on the run and it's the thing i dreaded the most uh so i i did a lot of specific uh I, I, I did a lot of focus on running this year, but I also did a lot of focus on the Olympic lifting, uh, high volume workouts. And I would say it was much of the same with Andy, uh, you know, just volume and movement, you know, building that engine. And him and I are, one good thing about Andy and I is we're about the same height. We're roughly around the same weight. Uh, so we're going to go in with that advantage. Last year, I, 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 I did, uh, my teammate was Bob Minert and I want to say Bob is six foot two, six foot three. And then you have me, who's like five foot six, uh, you know, our team name last year was Pints and Pilsners, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I'm going in with a little bit more of an advantage, having somebody who's skilled, uh, similarly to me.
1: Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your preparations logistically? How are you all structuring your travel to Panthera um, the night before, where you're staying, meals, recovery stuff that you're bringing in order to ensure that you're going to be successful in this two-day event?
0: All right, so um, both Andy and I are leaving – to the hotel tomorrow. So tomorrow's Thursday. The match doesn't start until Saturday. Um, he's coming from Indiana. I'm only two and a half hours away, um, but I got the hotel room. Um, So we're going to, we're going to meet up tomorrow at the hotel room, you know, just hang out, catch up. I haven't seen Andy since 2019. Um, and, essentially, you know, he's got his ammo. I got my ammo. I'm going to bring a cooler, you know, an 85 quart cooler, fill it with ice. Um, and I'm going to make sure I have protein shakes for in between each battle so I can get the muscle recovery that I need, uh, and the nutrients that I need. And then I'm probably going to bring, you know, have like grilled chicken, like have something like salad, something, you know, fruits, nuts, things that are gonna promote high energy and muscle uh muscle rebuilding uh during the event so uh and and i'm trying to be really smart about it because i you know uh i'm not the smartest whenever it comes to that i do tend to not take care of my body not hydrate properly and not eat properly during any type of matches and I want to say it was back in 2015. I was at infantry unit leaders course and it was, you know, it was 12 to 14 hours. We were doing our initial uh, instructor pre-assessment. It was a 12 hour assessment. You know, it was probably in the forties whenever we got dropped off in the middle of the night. And then by the afternoon, it was in the eighties. Uh, I didn't eat or drink anything all day and we covered over 15 miles easily uh running with full kit and uh pack uh i got rabdo that night i should have gone to the hospital i did not go to the hospital i suffered through the entire event on my own you know my wife was like go to the hospital i was like fuck that no i'm not getting dropped from this course uh but that was a situation i put myself in um, I am not looking to do that to myself here. So it's a matter of getting getting myself, my body the feel that it needs in order to perform at a high level the entire weekend.
1: Yeah. And I would say having done several of these, it's sometimes it gets to the point where eating feels like a chore. Yes. The stuff you're bringing is it's smart, right? It's it's smart choices you're making for your body, but it also means that sometimes after a battle. You don't necessarily want to put more food in, inside yourself, but you're going to be thankful for that once you hit the next battle, which is two or three hours away. Yep. Uh, you just have to be consistently munching all day. So, yeah, no, because it sounds like you guys made good preparations. Another thing I would add, too, is um, I always advocate, if you're traveling out of state, even if it's a major match, if it's a large, like anything beyond the local match, I think it makes sense to go see the range early. Yep. And so that's something
0: we're going to be doing on Friday. I know range check-in is like from uh five in the afternoon to seven in the evening, something or sometime around there. Yeah. But we're probably going to show up a little bit earlier look at the grounds. Like, I don't know if they're necessarily going to have everything put in place. They may still be trying to figure out how they're going to do certain things, but it at least gives us an idea of what we're looking at doing. Um. It's just, it's smart and we have all day to do that. Um, And then, you know, it's back to hanging out.
1: Yeah. Um, A lot of guys show up because they're flying in and everything. Uh, They show up early and just to confirm zero, but getting there the day before and taking care of all that check-in business means that you don't have to deal with it the morning of, which is already going to be early morning, but most people wait till the morning of Mm -hmm. to get a first look at the range and check in. I mean, that's that's when I met you last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was the day off, and I just came up behind you. I was like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" And I could tell that your mind was elsewhere because there was a lot that you had to get done. Yeah, uh, it wasn't until later that we kind of settle down and actually, like, you know, chat, catch up.
0: So- yeah, I was I was kind of freaking out. I was like, "Where do I go? What do I do?" Like, I oh. never been there, and my whole intention last year was to get there early but last year i kind of went into everything a little bit unprepared like i didn't like i took the muzzle brake off my rifle the day before the match and put a and put a bird cage on and then i only zeroed at 50 yards last year on sat range because we didn't you know i went into last year almost completely unprepared And so I got out of work late, you know, I had to, you know, even though I got the reps in on the rifle at the range and everything, I, I still had other duties. So I got out of there late. By the time I left work, I had to go straight to the hotel. And by that time it was, it was already getting dark. And so I was like, I just, I just screwed myself here. So like that next day, you're absolutely right. I was flustered. I was trying to figure out where to park, you know, and then, you know, you came up to me. I was like, you know, trying to talk, but at the same time, like, figure out where do I go. Then Pam came up to me. He was like, "Gunlock." I was like,
1: "That's it,
0: and, I was like, "Like, it was. I hadn't felt that in so long. It was like it. I was brand new to everything. Um, but I know what to expect this year, which is kind of why, you know, me and Andy are doing everything that we're doing this year in order to get the best results. I mean, shoot." We're even sleeping at the hotel on Sunday night. We could easily go home, you know, but I don't want to do a two and a half hour drive after two days of hard physical labor.
1: I, yeah, I I would also say mentally, knowing that you have a long drive mm -hmm. at the end of the day of a match means that your, your mind in some way is like segmented, worrying about that, like staying up and like, I'm going to get home late, try not to wake up my family and all that stuff. Yep. You don't have to worry about any of that. And yeah. Uh, I mean, shoot, last year, you, what, you got home at, like, what, 3, 4 was, in the morning? It was so gross. Yeah. We we drove from Panther all the way back to Lejeune. Um, This was back when I lived by myself, but we I had to drop off Jared on base, and then I had to go home, and uh, I think I still showed up to work on time because someone – I'm a dumbass. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make it. But a lot of what you described, man, like on that first day that you showed up at the range are precisely reasons why. Like your anxiety is already going to... You're already going to be pretty anxious because there's the expectation of, of performance. You want to do well. You hope things go well. Um, and if you can minimize some of those external factors by just getting a lay of the lands and making yourself a little bit comfortable before game day i think it's absolutely worth it Mm -hmm. so it's good good that you guys are doing it and and for andy like you know what the range looks like but andy doesn't yeah it's good it's good for him to see it um last question i'll ask is what are you most nervous about going into this weekend and what are you most excited about
0: so honestly i will still say i am most nervous about the run um I you know just because I haven't been running with the rifle on my back all that you know so I and you know they say it's going to be three-ish miles you know I was talking to a friend of mine Carla Herzig and I was like so do you think it'll still be like three you think the the three-ish is going to actually be more closer to three and she's like would, would, would it be better if I just told you it's 10 miles that way you freak, you were freaking out all week. I was like, don't you dare put that evil <laughs> on me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I just, you know, I fucking hate running and, and like, you know, I was talking to Carla about this. I was like, you know, there was one instance where the, there's a couple instances where I know people had to, you know, and I think everything back into a tactical mindset, uh, so you have to bear with me in my mindset of thinking like operational type environments where I could only think of a couple instances where people had to run three miles out of out to an extract point because they were compromised in, in the hide that they were in. So, I. I don't think running any further than three miles is realistic uh, in a tactical setting. And I do understand that this is just a game. I get that, but I, I, you know, my mind still reverts back to, you know, if this was anything close to real life, this, this part right here is unrealistic like combat. It's all about moving from point A to point B as a group. And you're all going to be, you know, you're sprinting house to house, you know, combat, you know, for me was sprints, you know, going from one house to the next house, to the next house and clearing and taking breaks when you had to, um, it wasn't this long distance event. Um, that's just my take on it. I hate running now, but I still, you know, I started doing it again. Um, we'll see if I continue it, uh. But kind of going into in terms of what am I most stamped up about is El, uh, El Cartel. Uh, for those who don't know what that was, you started shooting inside a vehicle um, with the rifles. You had targets, you know, for whatever we shot it, we only had 180 portion of the bay. It wasn't a full 360 like it was supposed to be. Um, but you shot an assortment of targets, rifle and pistol uh rifle inside, pistol outside, then went back to the uh to the back of the vehicle, shot rifle again. Uh, then you had to run up get the dummies, put them in the back of the vehicle, the rescue randys put them in the back of the vehicle, close the doors and then freaking jump right back in the vehicle. and that was time. Me and Bob finished that stage and came in in third place on that stage. I would like to beat that third place finish and you know potentially get a stage win uh in our division um this year i think they're going to be doing it in the uh, 360 bay so that should be really fun
1: yeah uh, i'm excited to see what changes they've made and uh, make sure to if you can get some video of it Uh, i'd like to see what changes they made um yeah for the run i know i know it's what you're most nervous about Um, I wouldn't even say I'm
0: nervous anymore, just because I have been running a lot. Like, I've been doing three to four runs a week nowadays, Um, but the key that I've figured out, and I've talked to James Gill about it in depth, um, my game plan is to be very strict with everything I do. Um, I'm not going to try and go balls to the wall. I'm not going to try and outdo my capabilities. I'm going to find that comfortable pace because I know I can shoot. I know the shooting ability is there. Um, so I'm going to just go in there, uh, and have that nice, easy-going pace, knowing that I'm not going to be the fastest guy when it comes to the run. But as long as I can maintain a decent speed, I'm going to be good. I got that endurance built up and I got some of my speed back.
1: Yeah, that's great. It, knowing what your strengths are and preserving them, not compromising them, just to gain a few seconds somewhere else is definitely a smart move. Well, and I,
0: say- I, 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 I meant to hit this point with that statement, knowing that you don't want to go balls to the wall because you have like three or four other events throughout the rest of the day um that's key like don't gas yourself out just on one event maintain your composure through every event uh that way you can you can get through everything without dying
1: yeah and it's important to know in this particular iteration they do have a floater event mm-hmm. so technically it's seven stages like you might call the floater event a mini stage but it's still another uh physical it's still another physical obstacle that you've got to overcome
0: Shoot, there's eight events the whole weekend there's eight yeah and we that's that's, in,
1: that's including the floater oh wow Man, they really turned it up that's uh that's great you guys are gonna get your money's worth mm-hmm. um three miles through those hills it's gonna be probably feel more like three and a half um and honestly uh as long as you follow the sprinkler flags and don't take any wrong turns it will stay at three and a half to three miles mm-hmm
0: yeah, so I think they're probably shutting down the long bay uh to do El Cartel. Um, and then they're gonna, you know, okay open just briefly quickly looking through this, because last year it got shut down in the 360 bay because um because the long bay uh was within the SDZ. Yeah. Or the 360 bay was within the SDZ of the long bay.
1: Yeah, I do remember that but all right is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of your uh preparations for this weekend
0: no i think that kind of covers it all i'm excited i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be yeah. fun so uh now it's my turn to kind of ask you some things um Do it. so you're going to be shooting area eight this weekend um and we're actually not going to be that too far apart uh in terms of location you're going to be at shadowhawk defense i'm going to be at panthera so we'll probably get together at some point um but you've shot a string of major matches and you finished at a relatively high level uh coming off those highs how do you feel going into area eight this weekend
1: i feel pretty good right now um coming out of ohio i so shout out to sergeant cardenas he won Ohio or battle for the North Coast, so that's the second major that he's won. Carry optics, which is great for him. I came in at about eighty-seven percent of him at uh, Ohio. I've been I've been struggling with some inconsistency throughout the season, and I think I'm finally starting to hit my stride. Uh, made some changes midway, and those are starting to pay off. I feel pretty confident going into this weekend, and I think that's very important, uh, regardless of what match you're shooting. Um, and I think it's coming at a good time because I'm within two weeks of nationals as well. So feeling like I feeling like I'm on the upslope is definitely, uh, it's definitely a good mentality to have going into the weekend.
0: Nice. Now I'm, I'm really excited to see how it all comes out for you. How many people are shooting in your division?
1: Huh. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me look that up. Carry optics has just been, to um, give you some perspective, carry optics has like. 440 shooters for nationals oh
0: shit that's a lot
1: it's it is quite and peanut chill sorry (laughs) dog give me a second but uh let me try to find how many match breakdown fairy optics has 164 shooters and carry offers. Okay. So that's
0: pretty high number. It's an area match. And it's- in terms of like Marine Corps, uh for those looking at national uh level points, that fits the criteria as the Mar admin and the order uh state, you know, has 150 uh more than 150 people within the division. So you shoot within that top 15 percent you're gonna be coming out of there uh with a medal
1: yeah um that's always the goal I shot within the top 15 percent in Maryland State I shot within top 15 percent this last weekend at battle for the North coast um I I just need a couple points to distinguish out in pistol so um that's continually that's something I'm continually striving for nice um so you've been... Sh- You've
0: been shooting and training with the team since you moved up to this area. Have you noticed any positives and have there been any negatives or obstacles that you're finding yourself to overcome?
1: Yeah. So that's been interesting shooting with a team. I'm not part of the team, but I've shot every single one of their major matches after uh, like from Western PA all the way to now. And usually i i'll go to a major and sometimes i'll squad with people i've never met before and sometimes i'll have one or two people on my squad that i know at area five it was all marine squad like everybody it was all the pistol team and then we had uh tyler Lindsay come out and shoot with us so it was kind of nice to know everyone on the squad but also there's some dynamics of shooting with like an actual team and having teammates and some of the positives i would say are knowing each other very well knowing each other's tendencies and being able to like coach each other through things so i've i very much appreciate the team approach to like stage planning um i will i will talk with like sam nelson um and we'll just look at every part of the stage he'll ask me what i have what i'm thinking and if it's deviating from what he's planning on doing he'll ask me why um there was one stage at balfour the north coast where he was like, I'm going to hit this port and then this port and then book it to the other side, like jump outside of the shooting area and run. And I was like, you might want to rethink that because if there's a barrel right there and it's going to rob you of all the momentum. You're going to have to do like a couple side sidesteps before you can start building up to get to that last position. And I think he ended up changing his, uh, his stage plan because of that. So um, definitely some positives um, on the flip side, just shooting with the incredible talent that's on the pistol team watching raider just smash a stage cardi smash a stage like everybody on there has has a capability to go off at any moment and i would definitely say that like when i was adjusting to uh shooting on the same squad as those guys um it was easy to focus in on the negatives right when you're perpetually three to four seconds behind those guys and you know that there's something missing from your execution that's causing you to not perform at that level um, it's easy to tunnel in on the negatives. And I would say that I, I i got into some pretty negative mindsets uh at Western PA at area five. And I was I was down in the dumps at the beginning of Battle for the North Coast. Uh managed to turn it around at the end of it, I was actually surprised. I'm like, oh, I didn't end up shooting that poorly. Um, but I I needed to remind myself, like, hey, you're doing this for fun. Make sure you like bring back some of that excitement. Um, that you want to be here, that you're like making the most of the experience and you're actually enjoying being out here rather than just beating down on yourself or missing a reload or just something uh, something arbitrary.
0: So um, one of the things that you recently did was you started occluding your dot um, and you started that after you went to the Ben Stager class. How has that solidified and progressed since making that change?
1: Yeah, so I actually showed up to the stager class with the dot occluded. And throughout the course of throughout that course, everyone at, the people who went in there with a clear lens eventually got to the point where they they all had tape over their lens. They all occluded their dots. I ran it for Area Five. I ran it for uh Quantico Shooting Club, and it it forces you to become target focused. And part of that it's not just staring at the target it's also picking out specific points on the target so i would say um that that detail and specificity in terms of how i attack targets got really good i took it off most recently for a battle for the north coast and i i shot i shot my best match the entire summer season so i i think it's helped tremendously it's it, it is a bit of a mental setback um, and there's certain stages where I wouldn't quite use it. Right. Um, uh, Stronghand and weak hand stages. If you're canting your optic, then there's a possibility that you might not see anything at all because uh, the gun is <laughs> blocking both eyes. But um, I, I'd say it's one of the, it's one of the best like mid season changes that I've made. Have the, uh, the guys on the team started including their dot at all? I tried to give my dot cover to Sam during Area 5 because he was like, I might as well try it. Um, he has the fire for effects cut on a slide and it, his SRO sits so low that the cover doesn't exactly like fit flush. Um, so it actually turned the dot into like, into like 128 MOA dot. Just oh. Yeah. So, and the, he almost, he almost ran it. Like just sent it. I was like, hey, dude, go to the safe area and just make sure that thing looks okay. And He came back. He's like, there's no way this is happening. Um, Treat did it today. Sergeant Treat did it today. Um, Cardenas asked me about it. It's just like, depending on your level of comfort, right? I I did it with a few months leading up to Nationals to where I knew I had several matches to get used to it. And in the back of my head, it was like, at some point, I'm going to have to make a decision. Am I going to run with this thing during Nationals or I'm going to you know, take the, take the cover off. I decided to take the cover off this last weekend's um, shock rate, no no issues at all. So I'm just gonna run, uh, it's the way the optic was meant to be used. Uh, the, the occlusion is a great training tool, but once you've learned it, I, I will still, like when I start shooting open, I'm gonna start with the dot occluded. Um, I may still go back to it if I feel like I'm losing that emphasis on target focus. Um, but I think at this stage, I'm ready to leave it behind and run with just the optic at nationals.
0: So we have a tendency to always take videos of whatever we shoot, whether it's in training or at a match. Um, I noticed some things like I I recorded myself like training this weekend for the tactical games, like going from. A workout into shooting and i noticed some inconsistencies in my own my own abilities like i felt like i was going kind of slow you know just from the exercise to pulling my pistol out uh, stuff like that so it's one thing that i know uh, i have to key in on whenever i'm at the match um in terms of your performance uh how has that helped you taking videos and not only you diagnosing your your videos, but having other people diagnose it as well.
1: Tremendously helpful. Uh, Nelson and I have been shooting for together for a long time. Uh, we always so my, my last name is ends in G, his is ends in N. So usually there's a few shooters between us. So we usually make a habit of handing each other our phones. Like I'll hand them my phone when I'm on deck. And then when he hands it back to me after I shoot, he hands me his phone. and It's, it's just the way it works out. Um, I, When I get back from a match, I will watch the third person and the first person I pull off my uh, my like, hat-mounted camera. And the first time I'm just watching it for editing and just to like, enjoy the video and be like, oh, this went well, this is cool, but I don't really do a whole lot of analysis. And then my second watch through is... I am specifically looking to um, annotate things that I didn't like or did or did not like about my performance. And if there's a trend, then I will pull that off and that will become the emphasis for next week's dry and live fire training. So throughout, I'll just, for example, some of the things that I found uh, during the season, um, my gun was sticking in my holster during draws and that was causing me to draw a lot more cautiously and draw a lot more slowly which was causing me to lose time off the bat. So I saw that and I went back and I spent an entire week just working on getting the draw better, like getting it aggressive. Um, So that's something I went back and did also uh, reloads to the weak side. I realized that I was just kind of like diddy bopping along to the left while I reloaded and I didn't like that. So I focused on reloading aggressively. And so I could get to the next position faster and start shooting faster. Um, So those, those were important changes I made uh, in the middle of the season. Um, but it's not just for the gram guys. Videoing yourself is like, after you shoot a stage, you've already forgotten half the things you did because your mind was focusing on the targets and your plan. And you need to go back and you need to watch your footwork and your body positioning. And you need to document like those little seconds that you lost because... You overran a position, or you did a reload where you weren't supposed to. Um, pull that stuff out. Work on it. Otherwise, you're just repeating the same mistakes every single weekend. Um, this this leading up to nationals every week, I was dry firing about five times a week, at least fifteen minutes, sometimes twice a day, and then uh, I would live fire at least once a week with the team. So that's that's also helped tremendously. No, oh, I'm I'm looking forward to see
0: uh, how the results pan out. Um, it'll be good, uh, and like I said, hopefully we can all link up out there. At Some point we're all going to be relatively close. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, to the listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we're going to follow this up with a uh, with a breakdown of what went right and what went wrong over our matches after we finish them up this weekend.
1: Uh, thank you for listening and have a good one.